From Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to make recommendations, file reports, and try to survive on water that drips from the boiler pipe in the back room into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. Maybe one day we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, the city is not going to improve itself. So, here we stay. Improving things, hypothetically. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Oh, greetings. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Hey, I, I have a feeling you snuck out at some point because uh, you appear to have a haircut going on. No, no, my head just got stuck in a machine. I'm not even sure oh. what the machine was. All uh, I know is uh, one minute I was a uh, sexy looking man with an awesome 70s haircut. And the next minute I was just basically stripped down to this little, this stubble. You, you know what? You know what I think happened. Yeah. Uh, I've been I've been keeping like some garden implements uh, in the body of the fax machine, and uh, I think the mechanism is still going. So you probably tried to fax something upstairs and got your hair caught in the caught in it. So. I did. I was trying to fax something when my hair got cut. So no, that's 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 okay. It happens. It ha- more commonly than you think. Uh, statistically, seventy-two percent of three percent of all deaths. In, in this building are the result of uh, fax machine uh, hair mishaps. You know, the, the coincidence here is that I was actually faxing supercuts. I was, uh, I had uh, took a picture of my hair and I was sending it to them and I was like, right. what do you think of this sexy seventies hair? Right. And I was faxing it to them to see what they thought. Maybe I, I wanted to be on one of those walls where they have all the haircuts you could get. I wanted them to see my haircut, but it's moved the, the now because I don't the- have it anymore. I know. You know, I was going to say the irony is that uh, they've been using like your photos of you as a hair model for years now. Yeah. And uh, I, I got to say, I, I made pretty good bank off that um, from supplying them photos of you without your knowledge or consent. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess I guess that gravy train has finally left the station altogether. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure my hair is not going to grow in after that. I think it's... <laughs> It's stubble and scar tissue now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You're a monster. You, you're now just a monster amongst humans. Um, hey. Yeah. You know what? What? I sense the presence of another person at this Really? Meeting. Really? No. No, actually, I, I, I have it in the notes here that, that we have somebody, a guest here. But I thought it would sound cooler if I said, I sense the presence. Oh, well, um, you're right, actually. Uh, we have uh, Kale McClellan here. Hey, Kel. Kale, sorry. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. Kale, we were just talking about this a second ago. What title did you want to go by? I, I had time to think about this. And I forgot now what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I guess community organizer is like what I is like a very vague term that kind of encompasses what I um, spend my time doing. Awesome. Well, yeah, uh, Kale's here today to talk to us about some uh, city related stuff. But before we got into that, I have something that I need to talk about, like related to the new year. Uh, last year, 2022, I had um, I, I tried to cut back on my swearing. Apparently, I'd been told that it had been getting a little bit out of control. 
So I, I tried to cut way back on it. I don't typically swear in these Queen City Improvement Bureau meetings because it, it contravenes the rules of order that we follow. But outside of these meetings, excuse me, I have the vocabulary of a sailor. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to like pull that back. And I realized, you know, that at the end of 2022, uh, there was a lot less joy in my life. Uh, I didn't, I didn't feel as like, uh, you know, sort of like at one with myself. And I realized that the problem wasn't the quantity of swearing that I do online. It's actually the quality of the swearing. So uh, 2023, I've decided that for me, it's going to be the year of creative cussing. Uh, because I want to, and I'm, I'm going to have to like, you know, liberally start hitting the, the beep button, but I want to break out of the <laughs> trap that I had been in and I want to get more inventive. I want to get, and I also want to get more regional because one of the things that the Queen City lacks is like a word horde of local swears. Ooh, word horde. Yeah. And I think every sort of like region of the world needs to have their own collection of four letter words. And I don't think we really have any. So like, yeah, show. Like what? Show. I don't know that one. No one said show. Oh, right. I see what you're saying now. Because her name is actually a noun. I didn't catch what you were doing, but that's good. That's a perfect example. Uh, but you see, the thing is, is that I don't like, see, the problem with show is that, you know, it kind of almost sounds like a euphemism, right? Like it doesn't actually, like it doesn't, you don't gasp. You don't gasp when you hear Show. I didn't gasp because it's just two ordinary words that you can yeah. use in polite company. You were just slightly confused, which, exactly. you know, was the opposite of what you want to do with right. a good profanity. Yeah. Right. So um, I want something that, you know, that you can't say around your grandmother. So not something like go crush canola instead of saying off. Like that's, that doesn't work for me, uh, even though I think it would be a good appropriately Regina one. And I think it's kind of ironic too, because like Regina itself kind of sounds like a euphemism for another swear. Like, go shove that in your stuff like that. Yeah. But fortunately, the Queen City, I think like it, it has like a lot of stuff that is offensive that we can draw on to like create sort of like our own swears. Like I was thinking Lord, the, uh, the architect of the residential school thing. Like I think is a good word that should be turned into a swear. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you're in cathedral and you accidentally slip up and you refer to Crescent school by its old name school, people look at you like you farted. So this word is like already like 10 steps along the way towards becoming right. a swear. But I was thinking that you need to like twin it with something that is like offensive to like sort of like deepen that connection that it's a swear word. So I was thinking like, what in left is a, it would be a good swear. Yeah. Just, I mean, it kind of sounds like a good sort of oath by our, by left. Yeah. Right? And it's just, yard, but you, it just like brings to mind like something stupid and like a disgusting waste of tissue, this guy and his, you know, useless left. So then that also got me thinking about like the guy who started it all, the founder of the queen city, Lord. I don't know if you know this, but there are a bunch of photos of him and he had these like, these little rat dogs, like the little ugly rat dogs. And he'd like on his like homestead in the North of Regina, him like against the prairies with his little rat dogs. So I was thinking you could say something like about say the catalyst committee, that the catalyst committee is the latest great idea to from dogs. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I really like that one. 
Okay. And then I was also thinking like to shift from hi- historical personages to events, you could say of the, the catalyst committee again, that it's like a big digs worth of, but you know, again, I, I, like, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Um, also again, on the catalyst committee, you know how they have like this idea to join the library with the arena together downtown as like one super project. So the mm-hmm. arena and the library. And I was thinking you could refer to these as the on downtown's three. <laughs> sure. I, I, it takes I a minute. No, no, no. I, I think I get it. Yes, I do. Very good. Okay. I like that. Um, wow. That's, I, I think we need to enshrine these things okay. in, uh, in the vocabulary. Okay, but I really, like, again, I didn't think that I was, like, getting someplace really, like, sort of <gasps> gasp-worthy yet, right? So I was thinking, okay, what is the most offensive, disgusting, horrific thing in Saskatchewan? Like, the most turd-like, repulsive, obje- objectionable thing that Saskatchewan has ever produced? And obviously, and I think that name alone would just, on its own, would make a good swear. You could use it. Like, say, I'm so hungry, I could for a steak right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> or instead of saying <laughs> off to somebody, you could say, oh, just swipe right on. Just, I just, now I'm just picturing on, on Tinder, which is a terrible image for so yeah. many reasons. Isn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah. And then, so again, back to the Catalyst Committee, because it is my obsession. Um, you know, we have, there's like that phrase, fart in an elevator. You could say of the catalyst committee that like say the catalyst committee's recommendations are about as welcome as a throne speech. So okay. anyways, chef's kiss, sir. Chef's kiss. So that's where I'm at with coming up with local Regina swear so far. I think I still need to work shop it some more, but uh, if anybody yeah. has any ideas, I'm two, all ears. Two of them involve. I mean, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, are funny like it's it's a well that you can go to many times but i'm thinking with just like a small selection we might want to sort of spread out a bit you know like 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 a tea bag <laughs> <laughs> and and find and find something new yeah okay okay kale will you will you incorporate any of my new swears into your into your daily life uh no, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> they're too disgusting, right? Like they're just too much. Yeah, that was like zero to hundred, really quick. But I appreciate <laughs> the like enthusiasm. That's true. Yeah, I noticed that really, that really sort of did a Tesla acceleration there to into like sheer offensiveness. That was great. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, on that note, uh, Kale, we actually brought you onto the show not to listen to me swear, but. Uh, we wanted to talk about sort of, it's 2023, uh, 2022 ended on some, uh, well, it was a very unhappy note as far as like uh, dealing with like the homelessness issue in Regina is concerned. Uh, some very sort of controversial and frustrating things happened at the end of last year. You're a community activist. You've been involved with a lot of, uh, you know, uh, anti-poverty and anti-homelessness stuff. Not against the homelessness, but against this, the condition of homelessness. Uh, and you had reached out to talk about like the warming bus. And it, it, now word has come down that the warming bus is going to be shuttering because we have a new, um, a new shelter coming online. So 
Maybe you could like give us a sense of like, how are you feeling right now uh, going into 2023 about sort of like this, the, the state of this city on this issue, like homelessness? I feel like it can get worse, but I don't really want to like, I, you know, council might take that as a challenge and like make it even worse. <laughs> I'm like scared to say that. Um, but there's, I think a lot more uh, public kind of, I guess, awareness around the issue of like, of homelessness and um just how cruel we are kind of as a society towards people who are who have no homes like salt in the wound an element of that cruelty we the the warming bus was put out and i think a lot of people were optimistic about that because it was this you know effort by the city to use and it was really a band-aid measure right but at least it was not nothing uh, the effort was to f- give people a place where they could warm up uh, that was like safe and out of the cold. But then, it, you know, as, as the program ended, they started to institute things like metal detection and they weren't letting people bring um, food on the bus. Like these, like these little, like extra, this like extra scrutiny that homeless people always have to be under. Um, do you have a sense of how, the people who were using the warming bus were, were feeling about that program by the end? Uh, well, a lot of these folks that I talked to, they're kind of like used to this level of, um, I guess, lack of privacy and like lack of honestly, like dignity. They're kind of mm-hmm. like used to like, this is what we have to do to not freeze to death. So we'll just do it, which sucks, but what else, what's the alternative, right? Yeah. Do you know if there was like any incident or something that precipitated this shift to a more, because there was that claim of sorts in the media that uh, there was a, that the people who were running the program were concerned it was becoming a party bus. And I was just wondering if there was actually like a party broke out, God forbid, heavens, heavens to Betsy, we might have a, uh, a party on a bus uh, amongst people who were warming up. Like did, did anything happen that you heard of? Um, no, um, <laughs> there was no like mysterious disco ball that just showed up and music, um, but no rave whistles, nothing. Unfortunately, like. no, nobody offered me ecstasy or anyways, but, um, we were I guess on the party bus. Anyway. it could be like, right. Why not? You know, you're forcing to be outside in the middle of winter. <laughs> Why not give them a little bit of ecstasy? Um, somebody had mentioned uh, it was a journalist mentioned that there was a report of um people on the bus fighting over food because oh you God. know yeah. <laughs> yeah that's dire um and so their solution to that was nobody gets food which wow that's a sense. very elementary school solution to a problem right yeah yeah and it was um the city never came to us because i'm a part of a group of volunteers who uh organized dropping off one meal a night um now it was a first to the bus but now it's to a lawsuit and so it was never stop bringing food it was you need to bring actually more food so that everyone gets fed and it's like that's 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 your job <laughs> i don't have it in me we don't have it in us to feed three times as many people as we can um or as we currently were so when uh when you went out there what like how full was the bus what what do you think the i hate to say the word attendance or what how like how much was the capacity filled up uh it depended on when it was like really cold in november it was pretty pretty well full um 
I'm going to say about like 20 people and then about like five or six hanging out in like the bus shelter um, beside where the bus was parked. And then there was like some nights, like New Year's Eve, there was, I think, like four people on the bus. Um, and yeah, so like with weather, the numbers fluctuate and that kind of stuff. I was going to say, it sounds like it was in use. As, as, as that's what I was mostly getting at there. Was that oh, yeah. It was it was used regularly, sometimes you know, fluctuated, but still it, it did some it did some good, at least, which, and it's a shame that the people there were treated like in the fashion that they were. Yeah, and like it even fluctuated like during different times of day. Like um, a lot of people, because we would do or try to drop food off at like uh, right at nine there'd be a bunch of people there then. And then like a few hours later, when we'd come back with hot chocolate, it would be less people. Um, so yeah, the number, it was hard to really gauge how many people were using consistently. So we're on 91.3 FM CJTR. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. And we're talking with Kel McClellan about, uh, well, the warming bus and just the, uh, the state of the city's efforts to deal with its homelessness crisis. What did it, like, what was the mood on the bus? Like, uh, did, were people just like hanging out and like sleeping or, you know, did it, I'm thinking about, you know, there's like the, that story about, you know, like when a whole bunch of people like have to like hide under an awning to escape the rain, that there's this, this, uh, you know, community that sort of like this rapidly develops. Uh, where would, where would the warming bus fall in on that? There was, you could tell like friendships just because like, you know, these are people who are in community all the time. Um but like a lot of it was people just trying to get some sleep. Right. Um, and that is, they looked so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that from what little I know that, I mean, if you're homeless, like finding a place that's safe to sleep is, or, and also comfortable uh, is, you know, something that you desperately need. Yeah. And I mean, you can't get like a very good quality of sleep on the bus anyways. So. Yeah. And the light would have been on the whole time. I'm assuming. Uh, they do actually dim it. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, there was a lot of complaints about it actually being like really cold though, still on the bus. Oh, really? Yeah. People uh, get on and get off. and. Yeah. Uh, there was mention of, you know, that if people wanted to get fo- food, they had to go to a different warming center and it was quite far away. Uh, can you tell me about that other center and like how far away it was and stuff like that? Yeah. So the other warming center, um, was on Fifth Ave. I think it was like 1.4 kilometers away. It was like a oh, solid 20 minute walk, right? Um, from the Heritage neighborhood. Yeah. And so yeah, people. If the bus the bus started doing rounds, so it would uh, be parked for an hour in front of Mobile Crisis, then it would go down to like the Knox Met, uh, Salvation Army, and then Owasu. And so right. you could, they would, you know, sometimes pick people up or drop people off at these different locations. Um, but Owasu. <laughs> They had no idea that the city made this decision for them to wow. direct donations there. Yeah, it was brutal. And um, so they were completely unprepared for any donations to be going there. They have like no access to like the basic things like a microwave or even like a toaster. Like we've had to do all of our cooking and then try and bring it there um, still warm because they have no, yeah, no way to reheat it. They have no access to the kitchen. Um, and their team like does amazing work. Um, but I, I can't even imagine the pressure they feel now knowing that like they have to worry about like breaking up fights because people, there's not enough food for everyone. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, 
they were kind of like blindsided by the city, which make what you will of that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the name of the organization was Owasu? Yeah, that's the warming shelter. It's um, yeah. run by All Nations Hope. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit more about All Nations Hope? I don't think we've spoken about them on the show before. Sure. So uh, they're an Indigenous-run organization. Um, I don't know, like, everything about them, but yeah. uh, they do, like, cultural programming and stuff there. Um, they last year had uh, the same, like, warming shelter in place. Um, they ended up closing this part of the All Nations Hope operation uh, in, I think, June of last year because they had no funding. Right. And then, yeah, wow. uh, Daddy Trudeau hopped, jumped in and gave us or gave them some cash to open up again. And I think yeah. it was November. Okay, well, that's good. I guess. Sorry. Yeah. Well, um, when I heard about the warming bus, I actually kind of liked the idea, this idea of having like a mobile warming thing, thing that people like a space moved around that people could get on. Uh, it seemed to be it seemed to be a decent solution, but it clearly had problems. Uh, do you think it's, do you think it was worthwhile? And do you think there's a way to fix the program so that if we have to do this again, that it will be better next time? Um, I, that's tough. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the hope would be that you never have to do this again. Right. But I'm just thinking that like, if, if you had your own warming bus, yeah, <laughs> And you could control every aspect of the warming bus. Uh, well, maybe, maybe maybe that's maybe not that, but yeah. Just what what would you do if if you were you know if with your input? Uh, you know what? I think a lot of the things that they're doing now is good, uh, minus the whole security stuff. Um, I yeah, I would probably do away with having also like a transit supervisor follow you all the way around the city. Cause that seems right. like an extra cost that's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the security guards, like I don't understand the purpose of them being there, but what do yeah. I know? Yeah. Uh, were the police at these or was it security, private security? It was private security on the bus okay. um, for the 12 hours it operated, but there were times yeah. that the police would come. Right. Yeah. If there was a need, but they, they weren't like patrolling it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good, good. Um, do you uh, do you know how much longer it's open for? Because I can't remember. To, I can't remember when the shelter opens. The thirtieth, I believe. Yeah, it's when the shelter opens, and then that's supposed to be the last night that it's going to be running. But right, I don't, I don't know. It's yeah. still going to be needed. I mean, like we're getting that like crazy mm-hmm. Russian weather this yeah. coming week. Yeah, so it just and, seems like bad timing. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it. It's. It almost seems like the the warming bus was around for the most of the most of the time that it was around was for like our warmest weather this winter. <laughs> yeah, and coincidentally for aggravation and the Grey Cup, and then that they axed it after that. Good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, do you think that's what was going on? Do you think it was like a PR thing, or do you think there was like actual concern? A PR thing. I mean, nobody really wants to see homeless people in the background of their yeah. picture with this. Stan- Stanley Cup, whatever the Grey Cup thing, the Grey Cup is that what Grey it's called? Cup. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what we have to do? We have to launch a fake Grey Cup so that the city will snap back into action. Just whenever they stop, they start to like lag. We yeah. can just like yeah, we can have another Grey Cup party and they're like, <laughs> oh, <shit." laughs> pull it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's we right. just a couple of people, you know, to put watermelons on their heads, you know, to look like we're fans. And then uh, 
put some put up some like old footage of like Rough Rider stuff, and we're like, hey, it's a great cop, and you know, it'll, I, I assure you, it, it will it will work. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, we should probably break for a minute for innovative revenue mm-hmm. tools. But Kale, can you stick around? Because uh, well, I got more questions for you. Yeah, absolutely. Good morrow to you, Mr. and Mrs. Queen City. This is your news of yesterday, today. Dateline, Friday, January 26, 1923, from the pages of the Regina Morning Leader newspaper. Headline, Germany grows sullen and resistance is stiffening. All the elements usually cited as contributory causes of open war exist in the Ruhr Valley. The German population, their hatred inflamed by the arrest and conviction of industrial leaders, have carried out demonstrations of a violent nature at various centers in the Ruhr, and the occupying French and Belgian forces have placed their machine guns at strategic positions. Monsieur Latroc, French Minister of Public Works, is on the spot and military measures of a sterner nature are threatened if the recalcitrant spirit of the Germans continues. Declares Latroc, France is here to stay. Stay until she gets complete satisfaction from Germany. And that's your moment in dramatic irony for January 26. Update. Record number packed stadium for crowning of Miss Regina. Merriment is rife on closing night of Regina Winter Carnival. Premier impersonates Archbishop at ceremony. 8,000 people packed into the stadium to witness the coronation of Miss Pearl Miller as Miss Regina. The Winter Carnival closed in a blaze of glory. Never in the history of this city has such enthusiasm and genuine enjoyment characterized an event of this kind. At times, the swelling applause and merriment fairly lifted the roof from the city's hockey palace. Miss Regina wore a green velvet costume trimmed with white fur, the rich royal robe made especially for the coronation. She was attended by pages Johnny Mitchell and Peter Lay. Premier Charles A. Dunning, as chief of the provincial government, was called upon to place an ornate golden circlet upon Miss Regina's fair head. And before the Premier's hands had dropped again to his sides, she was adjusting the tiara with little pats and pokes, as women will. Ad break! Don't be ink indifferent! Demand Carter's fountain pen ink, made in Canada. Women's Interests, Society and Fashion page. Have you heard, ladies? Mr. and Mrs. H.E. New of Moose Jaw spent yesterday in the Queen City. R.R. Gibson of Regina was a visitor in Brandon recently. Mr. and Mrs. A.C. Froome of 2639 McCallum Avenue left yesterday for Vancouver. We hope that no ne'er-do-wells will read this and note that 2639 McCallum Avenue will be unattended for some time. Mrs. H.G. Hurley of 1143 Retallic Street was hostess of a tea given Monday under the auspices of the Ray Street Ladies' Aid. For the pleasure of Miss Lois Van Egmond, her mother last night entertained 20 little guests at dinner, later taking the merry party to the carnival at the stadium for an hour, or two. And now, advice from Dorothy Dix. Says Dorothy Dix, girls who understand money make less expensive wives. A woman banker urges every father to make his girls an allowance and see that they live within it, because that is the only possible way of instilling a sense of financial responsibility and thrift in the youthful feminine mind. 
Husbands of young ladies find that matrimony these days is ten times as expensive a luxury and complain of the high cost of living and loving. There are tears and bickering, all of which could have been prevented if the young wife had been taught how to manage her end of the matrimonial partnership. Do you think you are giving any young man a fair deal by making him pay for your daughter's education on how to handle money? Consider that, father! And that was your news of yesterday, today, from the January 26, 1923 Regina Morning Leader, and read to you by the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Now, forward to the future. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. And we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau with Kel McClellan, and we're talking about the warming bus and uh, the city's efforts to deal with uh, homelessness. So the reason the warming bus is shutting down is because we have a new temporary shelter starting up. Uh, Kel, thoughts on the temporary shelter? Uh, it's a good thing. I mean, yeah. it's obviously like badly needed. Uh, it's only 40 beds, which sucks. And... It's worth pointing out. I don't remember. know if uh, both either of you remember uh, Stevens during the budget yep. discussion. Andrew Stevens. Yep. <laughs> yep. He uh, pitched um, housing a hundred people for in support of housing, like using housing first model. Yep. Uh, for half a mil, so five hundred thousand, and that's how much the city is putting into this new shelter. So it's like yeah. we could have had like almost a double and a half of that if we would have just you know stopped crying because he got hurt feelings but besides the point yeah um i think my concern here too is i mean like he was talking about 100 people we're only going to be getting 40 beds and once again this is going to be a temporary shelter uh when we seem to have a demonstrated need for more shelter space in regina like am i wrong on that definitely not there's um well we're always turning people away from the shelters um and yeah it's coincidentally that this ends in april because that's when like the warm weather starts right and it's yeah it's a lot harder to die when it's nice outside um than when it's cold if that makes sense yeah the we did this last year we set up a temporary shelter in the warehouse district uh because we had people living in tents and um, the city, you know, in desperation, set up a temporary shelter, shut it down. And then, and again, I'm just, I'm just, you know, stating what I think everybody saw. Uh, as soon as the weather turned towards winter again, uh, we were right back where we started last year, where there were people living in tents again, uh, as soon as winter hit. And we had shut down the temporary shelter that we set up last year. And we had to wait even longer this time to find people shelter space. It seems like I don't, I don't understand how we didn't learn a lesson last year and come into this winter better prepared. Uh, You've, you've seen the people who are on the, you know, from the city who are on the front lines uh, doing stuff with this, you have like better relationships with uh, city politicians and people who are dealing with the situation. Are we going to be doing this again in 2024? Well, like later in 2023, I guess. And then again in 2024. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, yeah. We were actually joking in like our group chat about how this summer we're going to grow a garden because we kept running out of carrots and potatoes. Um, right. We're like, we're going to be doing this again next year, which is like, haha, but oh my God, that is so sad. 
Mm-hmm. Do like I like I'm going to use the mayor as a stand-in for the city as a whole. I don't like I don't actually think the mayor is thinking about it like this. But do you think that the mayor, as a stand-in for Regina, thinks that we're going to solve homelessness between the end of this winter and the start of the next one? Oh man. I, like, I, I guess I can't really ask you to get inside at Regina's head, but I'm asking you to get in Regina's head. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, realistically, we know that that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Especially if we're just going to be so, I don't know, we're just, like, trained. We're, like, to be reactive. You know what I mean? Like, we're, like, Pavlov's dog. <laughs> we're going to ring a bell and yeah. open a new shelter. But Yeah. And is, like... Or, okay, here's another alternative hypothesis that they think that the people who are concerned about homelessness will get bored and move on to something else. And next year, it's not going to be a media issue. Oh, yeah. Like they, they're definitely counting on like this very short memory of things that have happened. Um, Like even with the budget debate, um, it seemed like once that was done and out of the news cycle, it was never talked about again. It's like, Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, that was that was a mess. That was yeah. How did you feel after that budget meeting? Uh, I was so defeated, honestly. Um, yeah. I had like a family dinner with my boyfriend's like siblings and parents, and we were at like Lakeshore, and I was like trying to like keep it together and like not be a crybaby. Mm-hmm. And then my sister in law looked at me and she's like saw that I was like tearing up, and she's like, "Are are you okay?" And I'm like. They passed the budget. I'm like sobbing. And she's like, is that a good thing? And I'm like, no. It was very dramatic. But um, yeah, and that was felt by a lot of people in the community, like a lot of people who showed up and took three days of their life to listen to budget deliberations and to prepare statements and to organize getting food to people in City Hall. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just, it felt like a lot of lost effort. It was a remarkable thing that you guys did like there has never been Mm -hmm. in my knowledge a budget meeting that went the way that one did so i like i mean i know it's cold comfort but it i i I don't speaking as an outside observer i know that what was hoped for did not get passed but like i i hope at least that after hearing some of those stories that some of the people on councils uh, were changed or moved by what they heard. Um, like, am I naive to to hope for that? I yes. Um, <laughs> uh, like, I I don't know. I sat and I listened to a lot of the delegates, and I mean, like, there was nothing more like jarring than seeing uh, Wanda place the urn of her full of her daughter's ashes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that it, that did not compel people to act. Like I don't know what else you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's and there was like there was just so many stories where people were like like really getting into like their trauma, and I was just like, whoa, <laughs> this is intense. Yeah. We need therapists in here. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that didn't change anything for a lot of the counselors, which is really disappointing. Yeah. Do you think it's possible? And uh, like, I mean, I'm, this is what I'm kind of hoping will come out of that. And again, if I am being grotesquely naive and stupid, feel free to call me out on it. But I am kind of hoping that after this, uh, that once we move outside uh, the pressure cooker of the budget process, that um, 
some on council and administration will take this crisis seriously over the course of the year, and that hopefully by the end of this year, or you know, well before this next winter, I guess is what I'm thinking, that we might see something more productive uh, come forward. That we might see some action that isn't connected to the budget, but uh, is uh, quietly inspired by it. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there was like, there's a lot of people who are like, what the point of what was the point of this like court action like it's done nothing to solve homelessness in our community but i think that um it's actually like done a lot like there's a a solid community of people who are like actively willing to like they've got like groups that are chatting amongst themselves um they're gonna like write letters to the editor sorry yeah and like church groups who are like okay i'm gonna go and ask for you know donations of warm clothing and stuff and like it's um if anything, like it has really spurred like this collective like desire to do what we can in, as like a stopgap measure until mm-hmm. the city grows a heart or there's new elected officials, whatever comes first. Yeah. Well, you got 18 more months at least of this council. Uh, I think I was going to say, um, I think seeing the a single politician actually really push the issue and try their best to do take concrete action uh even if they received you know pushback and you know and in the short term uh their efforts were defeated uh like you say kale uh i I think it's opened up possibility for a lot of people where before possibility didn't really exist uh so that for that i i am very hopeful that that councillor lebonk's actions actually you know brought about some the beginnings of, of greater change sure. uh, i i've been like you know this i've been watching council for a really long time uh i have seen so yeah, many getting kind of weird dude thanks so thanks man <laughs> um i have seen so many uh good ideas uh wind up on the anvil of council and just die there um i like I don't want to like, I'm, I'm not trying to like offer advice or anything here, but uh, I'm hoping like, I'm hopeful that this isn't going to end like the community that you were part of building to bring this issue to the forefront. Like I want to keep hearing about it and I want to keep seeing it come to council. Like I'm hoping you guys haven't given up on civic government going forward because um, the, the things that succeed at council you have to keep hitting council over the head with over and over and over and over and over and over again before anything changes. So I don't know, like where, what's the state of morale and are you guys going to keep banging council over the head with this? Oh yeah. There's no, we are not letting them off the hook with that kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of people who are organizing like your social media, like to bring, you know, yep. highlight, I guess the, essence of what our counselors are saying versus like what they're actually doing, you know, like, cause, mm-hmm. you know, um, just for example, like masters ran on like the um, idea of like reconciliation and being like very reconciliation forward. And yeah. it's like, that's nice in theory, but I mean, like how many people in the like core are indigenous and are homeless and you're choosing to let them sleep outside. That's yeah. not very like reconciled. Right. Yeah. A lot of us have been like going back and forth to like 
the city cannot be redeemed. Electoral politics are yep. will never save us. And then like also this is <laughs> this is one path forward. We need to utilize it. Um are you guys thinking towards 2024 and who you want to see um like towards the next election? Like it's it's not that far away. Yeah. Um I would love if like Dan, Andrew, Cheryl, and Shannon decide to like run another term and like my fingers are crossed. Um, yeah. But I mean, again, like every progressive issue we bring, a counselor brings forward, it will pretty much always follow that seven to four voting scheme. Um, yeah. But there are definitely people who have been like, I live in so and so's ward and I want to like run against them because yeah. it would be cool to like defeat them and make, make them like shove it. But yeah <laughs> that's 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 your campaign slogan right there make them shove it i like this like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh kale for for ward i don't know three or whichever ward you're in we're on 91.3 fm cjtr regina community radio uh and we're the queen city improvement bureau talking to kale mcclellan about uh the city's uh record on homelessness and the dealing with thereof uh well, what what could people do at this point if they're if they're not part if they're just listening to this and they're not you know looped in to what's going on and how to help? Uh, who can they reach out to and what the, what should we be doing to you know if if we can't count on the the politicians, what should we be doing right now? Sure. So they can reach out to us. Um, our email is treaty like t r e a t y for mutual aid at gmail.com um we can accept e-transfers through there and that kind of helps us buy food and uh takeaway takeaway containers because those are like stupid expensive mm-hmm. and um hand warmers are like a huge thing you could drop those off at a wasu uh warm socks gloves that kind of thing um yeah that's cool. like what's what what is the address for at a, at a wasu to drop off stuff so it's 2735 fifth avenue okay and I don't suppose you have you, you have an email on screen there either. For a lawsuit? Oh, yeah. Or even All Nations Hope. You can go to their website. It's All Nations Hope. And they've got like an online contact form and then phone numbers you can call. Cool. Awesome. Can you tell us more about Treaty for Mutual Aid? How did you guys come together? What do you do? How many uh, of we, you are there? There's actually like a, a lot of us. Um, originally, it started in 2020, in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. We came together. Um, to like deliver food hampers or to like do grocery drop-offs for people who are immunocompromised and couldn't, you know, risk going to Walmart or whatever. Um, and it's kind of just like, we've kind of fumbled our way through a lot of <laughs> responding to um, like Camp Hope and that kind of thing. Like, and now we're taking on this feeding people mm-hmm. and we're, yeah, about a group of, I'd say like 10 to 15 folks. Uh, it sounds like you were, kind of thrown together sort of haphazardly at the beginning of the pandemic is is it your intention to you know stick around for the long term <laughs> unfortunately um i think we're going to have to stick around for the long term right just the, the state of everything um but yeah the we don't want to be doing this forever we would much rather see like a society that actually took care of its people right but in the meantime we'll do it <laughs> yeah how um what is what is the gap that you guys seem to be filling? Like we have a lot of uh, like, not, 
maybe not mutual, like mutual aid in that sense, but we, we, we have aid organizations. We have, we have Carmichael, we have, you know, the churches, we have the city. Um, I, I don't want to make this sound challenging, but why do we need you? Because I'm really cool and smart and funny. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, yeah. A lot of the services end at after like five or six, right? So right. a lot of the, like if you need to access the food bank or, yep. you know, last minute you don't have supper, we kind of you can shoot us an email or a message and we'll do our best to bring food to you. So at least for one night, you're not going hungry or yep. that kind of stuff. So clearly there are, with despite all of this, there's still tons of gaps in our systems. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. And just... I don't see, you know, these, the need like ceasing anytime soon. Um, mm. And like, it's a, mi- it's a mix of people who are like kind of direct action. And then other people who are like going to put their energy towards, you know, like municipal politics and organizing around that yep. and those kind of like structural changes. And so, yeah, it's just kind of like this weird mishmash of people who all do different things and find a yeah. way to make people's lives not suck a little bit yeah. at least. Yeah. We have, uh, we've heard about that there's, I, you know, I cannot remember the name, uh, but there is, it came out of the work of the city council's community wellness uh, plan and their committee. There's now an arm's length, for lack of a better word, community wellness organization that they're ramping up that has involvement from uh, various, uh, various, uh, you know, community groups in Regina. Have you guys been invited to that table? No. Um, really? Yeah. I, maybe we just don't know the right people. Um, mm. And also maybe it's because I like talk trash a lot on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, like it's, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there has to be room for the trash talkers too. Trash talkers are people too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I say it like, I criticize this community a lot, but like at the same time, like I, I love this place. This is my home and this has always been my home and hmm. um, I'll do what it takes, whatever it takes to make this place better for everyone. Right. Like I want other people right. to see it in the same way that I see it. How do you see it? It's this like little city full of the weirdest people. Yeah. I love it. Like there's so many weird people here and it's like so funny how like hearing the stories of how people got here. Like some people are like, I came for a job and never left. And some people are like, I've lived here forever and my grandma's lived here forever, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, I just see it as like this really, maybe I'm lo- like really lucky, but um, I see it like this really like lovely community of people who are like willing to fight for a lot of the same things that I like find important. And, um, and like, there's also like, in spite of all this like crap, there's a lot of joy in, in this city and there's a lot of joy to be had um, in the future. And I'm really hopeful that we can, experience that as a community together. Right. Do you think that there is anything that the, that council could do at this point to restore your trust in them after what you've been through this last year? Uh, <laughs> that's an intense question. Um, maybe they could, maybe they could do what they voted to do and fund this plan to end homelessness um, at the very least. They could be like ramping up um, services that, you know, address food insecurity because that's a huge thing here. Yep. I would love it if we had zero community fridges because right. 
like <laughs> that would be a good thing. That would mean yeah. everyone's needs are met. Um, I don't, it would be nice to actually sit down and have a really like, um, like fulsome productive discussion with all these different people in the city. Um, and honestly, look, there's so much value in just feeling like you're being heard. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as much value as, uh, you know, doing what I want you to do. That would be ideal, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. And just letting, letting the community take control of where we want things to go, like yeah. services to go. Right. Yeah. Um, would one of the things that was a problem with our planned end homelessness was that it was, here's the things that we want it to do. And there was this like, you know, there's this item in the middle of it, which was the federal and provincial governments will fund it. Right. Like we had, we had this long, we had this wonderful plan, but the gap in the middle was that there was no money allocated to it. And it was just the feds and the province will give it to us. Um, would you, would you, would you be okay with if the city was able to finally come forward with a plan that even if it wasn't like implemented in a year or two years, but if they would at least put like number values for each year that what they were, this is what we're going to invest to get to zero. Like, is, is that what we need at this point? Yeah. And I think, um, I think it also be, would be helpful to have these numbers um, make sense mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than like these numbers yep. that we were fed at budget discussions. Um, yep. And yeah, just like, I don't know, listen to the people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where well, I was going with that. Yeah. Um, cool. So this must be taking up a ton of your time, this organizing. Okay. Yeah. Like, can I get, can I ask, like, how much do you think in a day or a week that you're spending on your community action stuff? Um, goodness. Every day I spend at least three hours kind of like coordinating, sending wow. messages out. Wow. Yeah. So, but, um, I'm homeschooling my kid this year. So we're doing a lot of stuff. Like we're involving him in, you know, we're going to learn patterns by you're making like a hundred bologna sandwiches. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's kind of nice to like yeah. be able to, you know, do that and teach the kid a thing or two about because unfortunately, you know, there's a pretty good chance he'll have to do the same in 10 years' time. That's grim. That uh, is. Sorry. That was yeah. a real damper. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I get a set? Like, I don't, I don't really know any. I've met you a few times. Uh, I, I know you from uh, your, your trash talking on Twitter, mainly. Uh, what would you be doing with your time if this three hours minimum a day was freed up? I would honestly probably be making art somehow, some way in different mediums. Um, I love painting and I love doing beadwork and that kind of stuff. And that's what I would, I would much rather be doing, but this is where we're at. So, yeah. And I think that's something that gets lost in this is that the people who, you know, come out to these council meetings, uh, uh, that was like three days like uh what was it it was like hours and hours and hours every day i can't even remember now um nobody apart from the city councilors are being and the staff are being paid to be there and everybody else has stuff that they would rather be doing yeah and and me i mean there's me who's there well this was awesome uh is there anything else like is there anything that you want people to be doing uh websites you want to direct them to actions you want to point them towards or um, yeah, anything you want, anything that's coming up that you want to warn people about. Um, 
I don't, I don't think so. I think just keep your eyes like peeled, like watch, pay attention to what's happening in the pol- in municipal politics, and uh, look at the agenda, and also listen to Florence Stratton. Like, right? <laughs> I'm gonna make a T-shirt that says Florence told us. Like, just listen to Florence. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't spend enough time on uh, Twitter, unfortunately. Uh, and they should also be following you on Twitter, which is Kale McClellan which is M-A-C-L-E-L-L-A-N, two L's and an A, uh, a Mac, not a Mick, Clellan. Yeah. That's too many Thank letters. for making nope. that clear. Yeah. No, nobody's yeah. going to remember that. So, uh, Kale, if you could shorten your name down, uh, just, just would actually like aid in your Twitter yeah. empire. I'll, uh, I'll try. I'll do my best. Okay. I kind of like my last name, though. Yep. It's a good one. Yeah. Good one. Well, anyways, uh, we're running out of time here. So um, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it. And, uh, I, I, you know, said this last time, anytime you have something you need to like talk about, yeah, give us a call. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. That's it. The uh, time locks are going to open and they're going to let us out. So. All right, then I move to adjourn. I second that motion. Motion is passed. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR. Uh, Regina Community Radio dialed into the community or is that tuned into the community I can never remember which we are broadcast uh, from Thursday evenings 7 to 8 and again we broadcast Monday mornings 3 to 4 in the afternoon also you can find us on Twitter at Queen City IB and remember that is Improvement Bureau not Irritable Bell stop asking but next up we've got uh, music and programming all on through the night that's it keep on improving each other